Hey guys, it's Peter. Welcome to another episode of the Man City Voice podcast. Um, this week, a bit of a kind of impromptu episode, uh, but I just thought there's quite a lot to talk about following the victory, um, the League Cup or Carabao Cup victory against Fulham last night. Um, so I thought we we're going to do a bit of an impromptu. I was going to wait until next week, but um, I think we'll release another one now. So yeah, just more of a kind of um, a bit of a review of um, of the Fulham match. Obviously, it ended two 0 Brahim Diaz. Scoring two goals, his first two goals for, for City. Uh, the first being a bit of a deflection, the second one a really nice finish um, into the corner after it kind of fell to him from some some really good uh, really good build up from City. So um, so yeah, we're gonna we'll review that, review um, how all the players got on because I think quite a few players um, stood out in that match, um, and I think there's yeah there's just some really good really good, good all around performances. Um, I think. There's quite a lot of players that have done their um, done no harm whatsoever in trying to kind of give a you know a, a gentle helpful reminder to Pep that they are there they're willing to play if if called upon um, and they can do a really good job. So um, I don't think possibly anyone necessarily did that much that we'll probably get into the kind of you know in um, inverted commas first team, but. Um, yeah, definitely some real kind of standout performances. So, I'd like to review that. Um, we'll we'll also look ahead to the weekend's match, um, and also kind of the news, obviously, that um, Kevin De Bruyne could be out for a month. Miss obviously the derby that's coming up, um, which is a real a real shame for him. So, yeah, we'll um, yeah just a bit of a bit of review. So, yeah, last night, like I said, two 0 um, really really positive. Result obviously, but really positive performance. Um, sometimes, obviously, you know, the, the in terms of kind of the crowd yesterday, um, there it it wasn't obviously you know that in, that impressive, and I'm sure that's kind of a a nice stick for people to kind of um, beat us with or whatever. But realistically, um, if that's in any ground, um, the same as kind of Old Trafford against you know against Derby, even in the round before. Um, you know, masses of masses of empty seats. Um, unfortunately, the Carabao Cup, in terms of prestige, only really starts get getting going until kind of the semi the semi final stage. So, um, well, I suppose depending on the size of the club, I'm sure. Um, um, I'm sure Nigel Clough and um, and his crew at the moment are really looking forward to the to the quarter final. But um, yeah, anyone except for Burton, I suppose. Um, uh, in the you know the current teams that are left probably only going to take it that seriously until we're we're getting into kind of semi-final stage. So if you get through to the quarters in the semi, um, two-legged affair, who knows? Um, but as you know, as for City, um, I just thought the kind of the players, and as you would expect from a pet team, I think you know again I kind of I mentioned this a few times, but it's nice to do a comparison. Some of the old manager clearly Pep is you know. He, far and away the best manager that you know I think we've ever had clearly um you know Joe Mercer and Malcolm Allison that kind of duo will go down in history as kind of the um the main men for City going back to kind of the 60s and 70s but clearly kind of since um since the Sheikh Mansour's takeover Pep is you know what he did last season um was just absolutely ridiculous and amazing and I just don't think it will ever get repeated in my lifetime not from just City but from any club um, we look like we're potentially I mean we could do it this season who knows but um, 
I just think, you know, yeah, all those records and 100 points and all that kind of stuff, and I just don't think it's it's necessarily going to happen. I think in terms of general play, actually, we're reaching kind of heights, perhaps, that last season, um, maybe we didn't. I don't know. It's kind of difficult to, to kind of compare. I just remember last year, it's going to be result after result and win after win after win and goals and goals and goals. And this season, it's very similar, but I just, just kind of feel like almost there's more... I don't know, focus or something this year, a bit, bit strange, but, um, and I just think in terms of, as I mentioned this before in the last episode, um, just conceding goals, we just don't look like conceding, and it's just one of these weird things that, um, you know, despite keeping um, so many clean sheets this season, despite not, not letting the opposition create hardly any chances, um, I'm sure media and you know these so-called kind of experts and um, people doing this type of analysis, um, particularly kind of our former players, you know these ones they kind of reel in for Sky Sports and Talk Sport and things like that. Um, they'll probably you know still suggest that you can kind of get at City and blah blah blah. But it's just if you look at the stats, it's just not the case. Um, we're really hard to get at. You know what? Clearly, what we're good at is that turnover or that first kind of like three to five seconds of kind of getting back the ball but it just it's it's you know it's work on the training ground there's no kind of easy way to explain how it's done um it's easy to say that yeah we do it within kind of two you know three three to five seconds or whatever it is and close close the ball down but it's not just that it's how smart we are at doing it it's not just pressing the play yeah it's pressing the play, but it's pressing the right areas and and kind of all not going together but when there is an opportunity to do it together and kind of move together and it kind of just seems um it's just an artwork when it works when it when it's at its best um and i think that's kind of one of the biggest impacts that pep's made in terms of not just kind of defensively and the the kind of all around structure so that even when you do lose the ball yes there's that opportunity to kind of gain back the ball if if the players are kind of switched on enough but also there aren't those kind of spaces um but perhaps they were there in the in the in the first year of pep's reign um you know, remember not- notably um, against uh, Leicester, for instance. Um, that was obviously the season after they won the title, but um, they kind of still very much of a kind of counter-attacking, kind of you know, almost you know, smart but kind of long ball merchants had really good goal between Mars and Vardy. I remember um, they just kind of opened us up a lot, but that just doesn't happen anymore. Peps, you know, nipped that in the bud, worked hard on the training ground, um, and it's and it's paying off. And yesterday, like I said, it was just a a really good professional performance from the you know the squad of of City players. Clearly, you know, there were kind of I think it was like ten changes. I think in the previous match, I think is it Stones? I think the only player that um, was kept from from the last match. Um, I think Stones, you know, had fairly comfortable, fairly comfortable game. To be fair, nothing kind of. Um, too too dodgy there for me but I just yeah I think um, probably the main man for me and I know that we'll talk about Diaz in a sec but the main the main man for me and kind of my man of the match although um, I do think it was fair that Brahim got man of the match kind of not only just for his kind of his confidence and perhaps the um, the obviously the rumours that he's he's not going to sign a new contract and his contract obviously is up at the end of the season and it's probably a bit a bit frustrated that he's not getting the game time that's kind of understandable um and you know he's supposedly being to Real Madrid um which is you know clearly a massive club but I perhaps in this kind of current state that they're in a not sure if that's kind of the 
best be the best move uh, perhaps financially maybe it would be but just in terms of either game time and um and just a kind of career move i mean just real madrid at the moment don't seem kind of the steadiest ship so i would suggest um i mean clearly i'd i would like um Brahim to stay it'd be great he's been at the club so long um kind of talks with a, a little bit of a kind of mancunian accent now he's been here so long so um, you know, it, it would just be really good if if he can get a little bit, bit more time. But, you know, it's tough. Um, and it's gonna, again, we'll come on to Foden as that, but it's going to be tough for Foden as well to just get get that time on the pitch when players like, as we saw yesterday, De Bruyne, who was just so good. Um, but, yeah, for me, anyway, just kind of going back to who my man of the match was, I'd say it's Danilo. Danilo just really, really impressed me. And I think, you know, Kyle Walker watching that... Um, from the bench would be um yeah i just think he's gonna i mean obviously his the, the last match against tottenham walker that was probably one of his weaker games um going forward and just a few kind of like petulant things and i don't think pep's gonna kind of stand for that i think you just need to be kind of professional you have that professional head always on regardless who you're playing regardless of whether it's um you know a former t- former teammates former club whatever um and danilla just showed how good he is and particularly going forward and he was always a threat He's pretty fast, not as fast as obviously Walker. Walker's ridiculous. He's absolutely lightning. But um, yeah, just, and, and he's just skillful. Obviously, being a Brazilian, you would expect that. But I kind of feel like there's something's not been quite right with Danilo um, since since he signed. Perhaps there's been like some kind of niggly injury or whatever, or maybe just not settled. But for whatever reason, yesterday just kind of feels like maybe that's the player that Real Madrid signed all those years ago. And that's the player that City hoped they were getting. And yeah, so. Um, I don't think he's going to necessarily oust Walker just yet, but it'd definitely be interesting to see if he, kind of he can, can maintain that form. Um, I think there's a place for him in the side, even if it's a kind of a replacement left back, or definitely as a kind of pushing Walker for that um, for that right back spot. But it's it's useful. He's um, he obviously can play those kind of full back positions. Really good man to have in the squad. Really experienced, um, and I was just really impressed overall with. Um, with his display there were other good performances as well um most notably obviously from uh, from the goal scorer from diaz um it's nice to obviously give him some real positive um some real positive time on the pitch um and yeah just um especially, i think especially first half um i didn't we didn't really see too much of him kind of second half other than um, other than the really good finish for the goal, and I was really impressed with that finish. Um, does go to show that he is um, he is a predator. He is a goal scorer. Um, he, he's obviously got the got the skills. Very kind of fleet of foot, quick. Mine's got a kind of quick turning circle. He's got a really nice touch about him. Um, I think he's definitely going to go. If not for City, but he's definitely going to go on to be a kind of you know a, a top player playing in one of the kind of you know elite elite leagues, whether it's kind of La Liga or the Premier League. Um, you know, wait, kind of wait. We need obviously wait to see whether he signs a new contract and what kind of goes on with that. Basically, obviously, as we know and already mentioned, his contract's up at the end of the season. So, yeah, just kind of um, be interesting to see how that all kind of plays out, really. But um, yeah, just from my point of view, it was um, it was a really good performance from Diaz. Um, he was clearly delighted. I know he kind of mentioned on Twitter it was kind of a dream of his to. Um, to score, I think, for City. So, um, you know, kind of ticking the box as far as that's concerned. But yeah, now he can, hopefully he can kind of go on to bigger and better things. And it is really difficult for, for youngsters. And like I said, it, even 
he's he's done really well last night. I think um, if you go on to um, whoscored.com and the and the match report on there, which is it tends to be for me quite a good resource um, for kind of stats and, and and little things. He was given Starman there um, just ahead of De Bruyne and Sane and Danilo. So um, yeah, he was he was kind of pretty much a kind of an eight point nine, only in a kind of nine out of ten. Which um, like I said, yeah, two goals. Obviously the first goal. Um, a massive deflection. Um, who knows? Maybe his his, his initial strike was kind of going to go in anyway. Um, but yeah, the keeper had no chance. Once um, once I think it hit Mitrovic, wasn't it? He kind of just tried to. It was well, I think tried to duck out the way. I mean, he did duck out the way, and that's why it hit him. So maybe if he didn't duck out the way, he wouldn't have seen. But anyway, so yeah, the the first one was a. Um, deflection and it's, yeah it's just a bit frustrating kind of overall really that we weren't able to kind of score um and be that clinical and I know you no know, football is just not as simple as not an, not as easy as that and um Fulham could have even perhaps got something um late on I mean like I said they didn't really kind of create too many chances but they created a couple of openings perhaps that was just because we were so comfortable at the end um and we kind of just went off the ball a little bit but yeah I'd, I've it was, it was, um, it's quite an interesting match, especially like I said for a Carabao Cup match, and not many teams, like I said, until kind of the last stages actually really go for it. Um, but it was interesting from Fulham's point of view. They only kind of made, I think it was only about two or three changes from the last Premier League match, so kind of you know really kind of going for it in terms of um, trying to get to um, get to the quarterfinal stage. So uh, the team that City put out was obviously a, you know, it was a, it was a very young one. Um, you know, you have. Merch um, in goal, um, Stones at the back, um, Zinchenko, um, left back, Foden's in there, Sane, Gabriel Jesus, Brahim Diaz, um, and then obviously some kind of experienced heads as well, Delph Company, Danilo, etc. So, yeah, a bit, um, a bit of a kind of mix between the old and the, older than new, um, but kind of was promising. Just how we um, played the ball around playing the so I hate the phrase really but you know the kind of pet ball whatever I will not say that phrase again that's <laughs> that I promise you um but yeah just I was just I was just really impressed I thought it was going to be perhaps close I mean obviously it's only 2-0 so it is close but I just mean in terms of kind of pattern and play I thought it was going to be perhaps a bit closer especially when I saw the lineups and saw well, actually you know they had Sessegnon playing they had Scherler playing um, they had Seri playing, they had uh, Mitrovic playing. They all kind of, you know, like you said, most of their big guns, Fossi Venter, etc. So they, all of their their main people that they play in the Premier League. And yes, to be fair, they haven't been doing too well in the Premier League. Um, but it was interesting how, and perhaps it was maybe a, I don't know, a punishment or something from Jukanovic or something to the Fulham players to kind of say, well, actually, you know, you you're kind of putting us in this mess. Let's try and get us out of it, get a result, um, and see if we can kind of move on. Move on in, move on in the cup, and get a bit of confidence from that. Wasn't to be, um, but um, I mean, one of the the main standout players, and like I said on whoscored.com, um, he was only he was he was second behind Diaz in terms of the rating was De Bruyne. And I think, yeah, actually, you know, in terms of overall display, and if you're looking at kind of really kind of pragmatically and, um, and yeah, kind of honestly, I think just in terms of general play. 
And if you're looking from a very kind of footballing point of view, analysis point of view, you know, De Bruyne was the man of the match. He was the, you know, clearly the main man pulling the strings. Um, not everything kind of went right, I suppose. There's a couple of like through balls, especially one in the second half where I'm thinking, actually, if that's De Bruyne last season in a kind of, you know, infamous Stoke match, perhaps, he's absolutely nailing that. And he's making sure that that actually does go through. Um, but in, having said that, he's, you, you, you know, and I've said this before, he makes such a difference when he's on the pitch and not just in a kind of an attacking sense. He is obviously really, really skillful, not just, you know, the through balls and the crosses. Um, you know, I haven't seen anyone kind of cross a ball as well as he does um since someone like dare i say it um since beckham i would say you know that kind of whip and drive but i'd say he's you know even better than beckham because he's you know he's more he's more athletic um he has a through ball beckham didn't really have a kind of through ball let's be honest through ball in this game he was more kind of um he was more like kind of whip curl merchant if you see what i mean um but you know de bruyne has that kind of not only that kind of long through ball but that that you know kind of quick um kind of you know David Silver-esque eye through a needle kind of through ball and there was one he tried in the second half very similar to the one he uh, set up um, was it Sane and uh, Sterling against Stoke last season for but didn't quite come off in the second half but really really interesting kind of that little reverse no one's looking but um, Fulham managed to kind of cut that out but yeah he was I mean like I said I think I think Diaz gets that kind of highest rating overall best performance just because of the kind of the two goals and perhaps his age and that kind of you know it's not really a sympathy vote but that kind of yeah the few issues with maybe the the contract and all that kind of stuff but actually from a kind of pure footballing point of view I'd say De Bruyne for me probably put in the best performance but um and then there's like I said Danilo for me I've already highlighted him but it just comes in terms of um almost like shock factor and that's why I would pick him as my kind of best player of like of of yesterday because Actually, what De Bruyne did is um, it's nothing new. Um, it's what he does um, all the time, every match when he's you know pretty much when he's back when he's fully fit. Um, that's what De Bruyne does. He, um, he he puts in the heart the hard work. He puts in the effort. He'll close you down. He's a big physical specimen, but also he doesn't get kind of he doesn't let players bully him around the pitch. He can hold up the ball. He can keep you know keep hold of it, find the space, but also uses athleticism both attack and defense. So. Yeah, just uh, really, really impressed. That is why it is so frustrating. Um, it's literally just been confirmed um, by the club that he's um, he's going to be out between five and six weeks again. Um, and obviously, it hasn't hasn't impacted City's um, form, I suppose, or their season too much in terms of results and kind of where we maybe should be. Obviously, we're we're top of the league, we're top of our Champions League group, we're through to the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. So actually, you know, it's not like we don't need De Bruyne, but obviously that's why we have such a strong squad and that's why we kind of put that put, put the investment there. But it's just so frustrating that De Bruyne, De Bruyne is out now for another five or six weeks. He's going to miss a load of big matches coming up. He's going to miss the derby. Um, and it, it, you know, it just means that... Um, and to be fair, you know, actually... Um, Bernardo Silva, um, who's effectively stepped in 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 De Bruyne's spot in that kind of um, right hand side attacking midfield position, um, has done unbelievable. I think to be honest, he's probably been our best player this season. And actually, well, that's why it goes to 
um, to show actually when, like I said, when Davosil maybe does hang up his, his boots, it's just you know, a kind of ready-made replacement. He's like he's a little bit different to David Silver, of course, but kind of some very similar attributes. And actually, in a kind of an attacking sense, and if you if you look at it from a kind of um, the, especially that chance that David Silver had against Tottenham, where he's passed it to Sterling. Um, there's actually a really good view of that online if you kind of find it. Um, I think I kind of liked it and tweet, um, tweeted it out um, or retweeted it on on the Man City Voice um, Twitter handle. But yeah, there's the behind the goal view of that where literally David Silva's kind of standing in between like the middle of the goal and the post. And he's passed it to Sterling who's standing wider than the post. And it's just really crazy how I don't know what he's done that made me think that kind of Sterling's got a better angle for a shot, but it's on David Silva's strong foot and he's passing to Sterling. But the way he's angled it, he's passed it to kind of Sterling's weaker foot. Not sure for such a clever player. I'm really just not sure what just happened there. Um, But actually for me, like David Silva's actually done that quite a lot throughout his City career. And he kind of, yeah, that kind of walking it into the net kind of thing. Um... But yeah, just really strange. And I think, like I said, going back to Bernardo Silva, if he was in that position, if he has that chance, that is a shot on target, whether that kind of goes in or not, or whatever, you know. But that is a that is a shot on goal. And that's where uh, Bernardo Silva's a little bit different. He's kind of got that um, clinical kind of edge, I suppose, in terms of kind of going forward. Um, whether he's the kind of same type of player as, as David Silva keeping the ball and, you know, being that kind of just so smart, never looking in... In any sort of trouble and just so silky smooth on the ball. He's kind of he's got elements of that, but I think he's kind of almost like a cross between that sounds gonna sound ridiculous, but <laughs> he's almost like a cross between David Silver and Messi. Um not clearly as good as Messi and what Messi does not clearly as maybe good as David Silver and what he does, but just excellent in his own way. Um and that's why, yeah, it's just it is gonna be it's, it is really um frustrating to have um De Bruyne out. And like I said, actually defensively, he's just so important. Yesterday against Fulham, he had made seven tackles, which is the most within the, in the match. And bearing in mind um, that in terms of over, um, overall possess, possession and things, um, we had like kind of over 60, I think 60% possession. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a bit kind of, it's, I was clearly just frustrating that, um, that, He's now going to be, you know, he's now going to be missing. Like I said, it's, he's he's clearly, and that's, you know, he'll get all the plaudits for his um, for for on the ball, but actually, just off the ball, he's just really, really, he's just really good as well. Um, and um, like I said, he probably doesn't get the kind of recognition for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. But yeah, I think the exact possession was sort of like sixty five percent or something yesterday. But um, yeah, so unlucky for De Bruyne, um, and just yeah, just really sad for him because he's he's kind of not forced his way back, but I suppose you know he's come back slowly, gradually, played the odd game, played a few minutes, played a few minutes against Tottenham, played in, in the um, Champions League game, and it's just kind of been this very slow and kind of steady, gradual process coming back from um, from the knee injury. But you know, and it had to be an, a, a former red that. Um, the, the, or is he still a red? I don't really know what's going on with Fossey Mensah at the moment, but whatever. Um, you know, former United youth player who literally kind of sat on De Bruyne on his on his knee. I just think in terms of that um, that incident, really though, I don't know why De Bruyne has even put himself in that position though. We're like two 0 up. It's the last few minutes. I know it's kind of like yeah, you want to maybe keep the ball and whatever, but 
he had the chance to play it inside and he had the chance to um to kind of either you know kind of get rid or find find something he didn't have to put himself in that position and of course he's not to know that he's going to get injured or whatever that's just ridiculous but i just kind of think actually if you are kind of coming back um perhaps you might want to kind of take it a bit easy um but yeah just really frustrating that he's going to find five to six weeks out i mean hopefully obviously it's um because it's just ligament damage and he doesn't need surgery or anything that he's he can kind of still perhaps in a kind of a few weeks time he can still he can kind of get back to training um and then a couple of weeks after that he's kind of back in full training and and then um and then he'll be back you know around kind of i guess it's going to be around kind of just before the christmas period um and the the busy fixture schedule so that's going to be it might be quite good in a way i not, not good it's going to be not good i'm boring around it's ridiculous he's the best best player in the premier league fact um but he's it, it's maybe it'll kind of keep him fresh i guess didn't have really much of a rest because of where belgium got to um third place in the world cup so perhaps this is going to do him well obviously by then who knows hopefully we've got to the um we've got to the semi-final of the the carabao cup for instance we've got the fa cup coming up in january we've got the end of the champions league group stages and hopefully we've kind of come top of our group by then so hopefully kind of moving into the new year when he was when he's going to be kind of back fully firing um we'll have all of those fixtures coming up so he's not going to be like he's coming back and it's you know a bit similar to yesterday he's not going to have the games almost or the kind of time to to bed back in he might have a league cup semi-final that he can play in or an fa cup third round or a, um a kind of yeah whatever some other kind of match where he can get a good few minutes and under his belt so yeah really frustrating that he's got injured um but again you know it, it can't be helped these things but it does seem that he kind of is a injury prone and b very knee injury prone that seems to be where he's getting a lot of his injuries um and anybody that watched kind of other players over the, you know, kind of, wasn't it Darren Anderton or like Jamie Redknapp, people like that over the years, it's clearly not as talented, I would say, as De Bruyne, but um, just in terms of how, what impact that's had on their career. Um, even like Ledley King, for instance, I don't know why it was a kind of a bit of a Tottenham thing there, but um, where, you know, you either can't train or, you know, the, it, the having these having these injuries and allowing your... And yeah, just kind of having those impact injuries and your body healing over time and all that kind of stuff is just not, um, it's clearly not good, not good for the body. And um, and yeah, we'll just have to, to, to see how it goes. I don't think it's going to be, you know, career threatening or anything like that. Again, just really, really frustrating. Uh, another, another player played really well last night. I'm not going to kind of say too much on him just because um, there's no surprise that he played well, but just um, Lee Rosane obviously didn't, hadn't had too much time, I suppose, of late last couple of matches. Um, and I don't know what that is, just maybe kind of Pep keeping him fresh or just coming kind, of kind of a bit of foresight into exactly which games he wants to play. But um, boy, this 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 boy is going to be some kind of talent. Isn't he? He's just he's just immense. I mean, the 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 way he just kind of goes past players, he's really quick footed about it. But he can be really smart as well. Um, oh, just yeah, there's just so many things to kind of like about him, um, and he gets so frustrated as well. You can kind of see it when things don't kind of um you know pull out for him he's just yeah he just gets really really frustrated with the where either like with himself i think and that was kind of a little bit of his kind of petulance in the last um premier league match that he saw against cardiff where he's kicked one of the cardiff players ridiculously so yeah just um 
a really kind of promising performance from Sane. And for me, kind of, it's interesting how, depending on the kind of the, the fullbacks, Pep will then choose depending on kind of whatever which wingers he'll choose, and then which way round the wingers will be as well. Um, never seems to tend to play Sane on the on the right hand side. Um, Sane's always played on the left, but recently because I guess of Mendy and Walker playing as fullbacks, he's he's been playing kind of inverted wingers where they can come onto their stronger foot and come inside. Where yesterday they were playing with Danilo and Zinchenko, and he was playing with um, with Sane on the left, and I think. Diaz, um, actually, I think Diaz's stronger foot is his left foot, but um, he's, I think he's e- easily adept on his right. But yeah, Sane seemed to play just, he only only seems to ever play Sane in the left, but he played really well. And then another player, just kind of a bit of focus on him. I think the that kind of will do a, maybe a quick round of all the other, some of the other notable players. But um, yeah, just a bit of a focus on Gabriel Jesus. Um, hasn't scored again. I don't know exactly how many games now that he's that he's not scored in. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to to, to find that out. But um, for me, it's really weird, and I've kind of I mentioned this um, when replying to um, to a tweet by I think it was Agent Fraudy um, on my own personal account at Soccer PM. That for me. <laughs> Gabriel Jesus is actually looking sharper and a better player now, despite the fact that he's on this kind of scoring drought or kind of hasn't scored for a while, just um, or just yeah, just clearly not not scoring as many goals as he has done previously. Um, but yeah, so just he's not sco- he's not scoring as many goals, but um, he's looking sharper. Whereas previously in last season. He was scoring lots of goals, loads of goals, pretty much couldn't stop scoring goals. And a lot of them kind of like tap-ins and things, I'd say, but a few kind of like either skillful moments or good kind of technique and things. Um, And, you know, clearly he is the Centurion, the Centurion goal, that kind of lob. Um, It's just what a beautiful finish that was. Um, But yeah, just kind of a bit weird. He's, he's, I think he's, I think he's looking really sharp. I think he's looking faster. I think he's looking quicker. He's looking... Kind of more skillful. There's a really good turn last night. Where he's literally turned somebody inside out. I think he's kind of literally their insides have literally dropped to the floor as he kind of turned turn them. Um, in the first half it was. But uh, for whatever reason, it's just not kind of falling for him. Um, but I'm not really that bothered. I'm not that worried. Um, I'm not going to kind of make any wild predictions that he's going to be the next this or the next that. He's just going to be Gabriel Jesus. That's who he's going to be. Um, for me, he looks like one of these kind of off-the-shoulder, in-the-box kind of poacher strikers. A kind of, you know, a kind of Tony Cotty, but with Brazil Brazilian kind of skill and class in there. Um, or, you know, a bit, or Gary Lineker or whatever. But just because, you know, he's fast, he's pacey, but he likes to play in the shoulder. He loves to make those runs, but he gets involved in the matches as well. He's skillful, like he can keep the ball. He's good at kind of one-touch. Um... You know, like I said, he can he can do those sorts of skills where he's kind of twisting um, defenders inside out, and it just didn't really fall for him last night, unfortunately. Um, obviously, his it was his finish, and the kind of keeper saved it that I think pushed it onto the post, ended up falling to Diaz, and he's done he's he's finished off really nicely. So, um, yeah, just uh, for me, Gabriel Jesus is going to be the long term replacement for Aguero. Um, but who knows what's going to happen 
in terms of the transfer market, in terms of maybe who will will get to actually replace Aguero, because obviously once Aguero goes, maybe kind of two or three seasons time, um, we're going to need we're going to need someone to replace those goals if Jesus isn't, or someone to replace the Jesus goals if Jesus is going to replace the Aguero goals. You get what I mean. Um, so yeah, so uh, um, I know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of haters online. You kind of see the odd comments from kind of City fans about Gabo Jesus this and blah, blah, blah. And maybe he's not kind of as, as good as people make. But I just generally think he is. You're not getting in um, to Brazil's team age, what, 19, scoring as many goals as he has already um, for the national team. Um, you're, not, you're not doing that unless you're a supreme talent. Um, so... I'm not too worried. I really don't care if Gabriel Jesus kind of doesn't start or does start for Brazil. But at the end of the day, he's only he's only 21. Um, he's still really, really young. Um, he's he's got he's actually got a ridiculous record for City and for Brazil. Um, if you actually look at his record, he's actually scored 11 goals in 24 appearances for Brazil, which is not bad, really. Let's be honest. Um, and then for, for City, even better, really. Or just actually, but kind of about the same, I guess. But um, kind of just show, you know, 50% or whatever. He scored 21 goals in 47 appearances. So, yeah, just a bit, um, just a bit kind of, yeah, not, I'm, like I said, I'm not worried at all. But it's it's going to be kind of interesting to see um, how, he, how he kind of goes from there, really, I suppose. So, um, I would just say keep playing him. Um, and maybe he can't kind of start every match, but I just think it'll be. I just think he's gonna come. He's gonna come strong. He's gonna. Um, he's gonna score. You know, he is gonna score your goals. Um, and I'm just. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not worried about him at the end of the day. So long may Jesus's reign at the top um, of City um, continue. And yeah, just not. Like I said, I'm not. I'm really not worried. Um, at all although interesting his last game his last goal for City was actually in the um, which actually was in the Carabao Cup against um, uh, Oxford so on yeah on to the next uh, should we have a little focus I think Zinchenko Zinchenko um, again he, he always he always impresses me and it'll be interesting to see kind of where he ends up it's weird it's kind of Almost like going back to like school days with Zinchenko for me. Just because he's left footed, he ends up playing at left back. But he's for me, he's just really not a left back. Actually, I would like to see him. I think he played there for um, for Ukraine in centre midfield. Um, and I think maybe initially he was like some kind of like number ten kind of creative player. He's definitely not that because his first. It, you can, you can almost kind of tell with Zinchenko that. His, his first instinct with the ball isn't really to kind of get hold of it or do something really creative like a number 10 would do, like a De Bruyne or a David Silver or whatever. Um, it's basically just get rid of it, but keep it. Um, and he's really good at one touch. He's really good at that kind of one touch. And for me, that that in, in kind of centre midfield is actually where he could be quite, quite good. I don't know if he's quite at the level for City to play there, but actually, bearing in mind how kind of Delph did yesterday, where um, I like Delph, I do, I do like Delph. But I just don't think he's the kind of the quality, and he's just interesting that 
in many ways it does remind me of Fernandinho, but just not not to that level. You know, Fernandinho is kind of next level, and I and I think in we'll look back once Fernandinho has finished his career in a couple of years' time for City, and he'll be one of the one of the legends um, of uh, of this kind of City era, and almost like one of the unsung. Um, heroes of this era but it's just so 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 important I mentioned this last time in the last episode but he just he just is he's literally one of the most important players and we need to get someone to replace him um and so yeah I don't mean I uh, who who, you know who who that is um it kind of remains um remains to be seen really but um be yeah be I know we kind of we talked we kind of talked about um potential um, potential people that 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 could be, and actually, interestingly, obviously, last night um, wasn't it? Is it eight? Is he eighteen? Eighteen-year-old um, Claudio Gomez came on. Obviously, they call in the next N'Golo Kanté, and I kind of mentioned that actually, for me, N'Golo Kanté's um, the the probably one of the only players um, that can um, that can actually fill his fill his boots in many way. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, and obviously we've, we've been, it's interesting because City have actually been, um, linked with Frankie de Jong from Ajax and Delete from Ajax. Um, and obviously, you know, Jong can, can play in that position. So be interesting to kind of see what we do in terms of long-term placement. I mean, for now, I think Fernandini, whilst he keeps putting in those, those performances, there's actually absolutely no reason why we should um, think even think about um, replacing him because that's just you know, just ridiculous and just plain wrong. But um, yeah, I think f- for me, um, it's yeah, it's just quite kind of interesting, I guess, to see that we can play a few players. In, they can we're almost like he's trying, almost trying out a few players in there. We had kind of Delph in there yesterday. I think Zinchenko can play in there. Claudio Bravo came on. He's been playing Stones in there. It's almost kind of like he's he's feeling out to try and try and find that ideal replacement. I think Gundawan's played in there when he's been fit. Um, so yeah, I don't know, kind of a, a bit of a, a bit of a pinch point for for City in terms of that position. But like I said, whilst Fernandinho is actually playing and playing to the level that he's playing at, there's clearly no reason um, to kind of even think about that. I suppose from our point of view, and I'm sure, but behind the scenes there are lots of things kind of going on or whatever, um, and. Um, uh, and yeah, plans are afoot. But it wasn't kind of a bit of a side point, and I have to go off on tangents. But uh, you have to bear with me. But um, on the on the Man City All or Nothing on the um, the Amazon Prime documentary, I was just it was kind of like beautiful in many ways. And kind of think of City as this kind of really high, um, really really well well oiled professional machine um, that kind of does everything, kind of thinks about everything, and does everything to the kind of nth degree, and really. Um, and yeah, really kind of thinks about things. But actually, when it came to kind of looking at players and player selection of players in different positions, and when we spotted that as one of the first episodes, um, where literally they, it looks like they've just done like thrown a PowerPoint together and literally put like, oh, we've got Aguero and, and a good Jay Z's up top. We've got Sane and whatever's down on the left and him on the right. And we've got, oh, we need a, we need a right back or we need a left back or whatever it was. And it, it was just almost like, that's brilliant. We've got all this money, and literally, in terms of kind of players and putting them together, um, you would still do what I used to do on a on a on a, on a piece of on a piece of paper, putting you know names like um, 
I don't know, Terry Phelan and Richard Edshaw and kind of Gary Flickcroft and, um, and you know, Georgie Kincladze and people like that down. You're just kind of like writing them down on a on, on almost like on a piece of paper, but they just still look like they used PowerPoint, which um, which is just uh, which is kind of beautiful for me. And I just I just kind of wanted to kind of reflect on that point because I thought um, that that was amazing. And I think that's kind of one of the, the best things that I've, that I've ever seen. I love the fact that that's kind of how I would do it and because it's just very visual, isn't it? You can either kind of, they almost like put them on a pitch. So they, they were there, there's players there, they can play there and there and there and whatever else it was. And it's just kind of like seeing the gaps. Um, and I suppose, you know, it'd be interesting from a kind of whether that, that's still kind of going around. I'm sure it is. Um, but that's definitely, if I was running a football team, that's how I would almost like run it as well. Do a kind of bit, do a basic kind of PowerPoint. What players can play where? Where are we covered? Where are we short? Where are we light? Where do we want kind of more strength or whatever? So I'm sure that's going on behind the scenes. So just a bit of a kind of a, a side there. But um, uh, but yeah, but I suppose overall, like the, obviously the keeper, uh, Murich, didn't really have anything to do. Stones look comfortable. Company, a couple of dodgy things from company from my point of view. Um, kind of was needlessly getting involved with Mitrovic when he didn't need to. Um, gave the ball away and kind of messed up a little bit towards the end of the match. Um, just going to show how important it is going to have somebody like Laporte, who's just looked so ridiculously good this season. Clearly the best defender in the league at the moment. Um, hasn't put a foot wrong. He hasn't even lost a game with I think a, a Premier League game. I think with City. Um, that's how ridiculously good. I think it's like nine. Is it like nineteen games or so? It's like a record. Like since he's um, started for City. Um, so yeah, it's um, kind of yeah a bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's a probably, I think the only player that I haven't mentioned, um, and it's always, I always like to kind of finish on this. And as we kind of go through the, the months and the seasons, we'll probably have, we'll mention him more and more. Um, and that's our man Foden. Um, good old Phil, Phil Foden yesterday, again, showing just what a talent he is. And it's kind of not, I wouldn't say it was necessarily kind of his best game. I think his best game was actually in the last round. Um, in the Carabao Cup, you know, a man of the match performances, two assists and a goal. This this time round didn't kind of have those numbers, but he just it just in kind of overall play, he is just brilliant to watch, and just it kind of just makes it better because he is, you know, he's he, he's a youth he's a youth product, um, and maybe because maybe because an English youth product, maybe because he's kind of a Stockport lad. I don't know what it is, but there's just something beautiful about beautiful about watching Foden. And there was a couple of free balls where. Jesus and others and Diaz I think it was one of them where they should have done better they should have done loads better um at least got shots on the kind of target or even scored um and that makes almost like kind of make that would have made Foden's performance and kind of his ratings or whatever even higher because if he's got assists to his name that means he's kind of had a really important impact on the match whereas he still created those chances but because they haven't actually amounted to anything in terms of goals or whatever um, he, you know, you almost don't get that kind of additional recognition. So, um, for me, Foden had a really, really positive game. Definitely in the kind of top um, four or five players um, that played last night. Um, but like I said, just didn't really kind of have the numbers. But yeah, just you know, literally kind of what gave the ball away. What was it? Once or twice yesterday? Literally, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of shocked when he actually gives the ball away. That's just you know, I mean, I'm shocked when any City player gives the ball away. Let's be honest, it's just weird. Um, you have we have so much of the ball. You must kind of get too used to it. Um, 
but yeah with with Foden it's just great to watch him I really 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 in, enjoy watching him he's um yeah he's just he's gonna be so good I mean he's, like I said he's only kind of what is he 18 and a bit 18 and a few months um and he's kind of putting in performances like that against really strong Fulham side I mean he, and the kind of one thing I suppose to to say um about um about Foden is that he just he never and this is kind of the point obviously he did you know he never looks out of place but obviously if he did look out of place well, clearly he wouldn't be playing whatever so that's you know besides the point but you do kind of see that going through the years when you kind of blooded youngsters at City generally in kind of like Carabao Cups and even friendlies and things like that the last few minutes of matches and they just don't really make kind of like an impact or they're just not really there in terms of the kind of general pattern of play they might do the odd little thing but Foden's just generally, he's just involved. He's just there. He's always an option. Um, I would like him to perhaps be a little bit more um, adventurous, I guess, um, or brave, I suppose, in terms of how he, um, what he does on the ball. But I just think that's definitely going to come at time. I think he, he, he definitely kind of chooses those moments and chooses those moments wisely. I just think he could kind of be um, a bit, a bit more um formidable probably not the right word but just that in that sense where actually instead of kind of because generally what happens with Foden he's he's been he's receiving the ball in an area where if he could get a touch and a half turn then it kind of brings it it's then a really dangerous um a dangerous play whereas he'll often just wait for the real obvious moments to kind of move into space and he does it really well and like I said yesterday he kind of creates those you know, they, he makes sim, he makes these kind of through ball passes look really, really easy when they're just ridiculously difficult to run at pace at an angle against a, def- a defender. He knows, and the defenders that he knows that somebody, the attacker's running to you know to basically receive the ball. The defenders know that he knows, and they know, and they've got to try and cover it. But they've also got to cover him and play at the exact moment where essentially kind of two defenders almost coming together to try and kind of you know block the pass. And he did it kind of two or three times to perfection. Um, and it's ju- he just makes those things look really, really easy. Um, like I said, when they're really, really not and they're really, really difficult. Um, but like I said, I just think as time progresses, I think he's just going to be even more formidable, which is absolutely frightening. Um, um, just the potential of this kid is just wow. Um, um, I don't think the Premier League or world football is going to know what's hit him in, um, in, a, in a few years' time. He's going to be... Um, he's gonna be the real deal, and it's in. And it's you know, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see kind of the next England squad because he's yeah, he's not playing in in you know in the Premier League, but he's getting decent minutes. Um, I'm gonna say he's he's playing in the Premier League. Of course, he's getting kind of minutes, but he's not starting. Um, but he's starting in the Carabao Cup, which is an elite. It's an elite competition. It's not the elite. It's obviously at the bottom of the roster, but it's still an elite competition. He's playing in those. He's playing. Four minutes for kind of England under 21s or getting really good game time. Um, also getting game time in the Champions League and occasionally in, in the Premier League as well. I just think surely that's, you know, England aren't blessed with people in that position. I think if it was different, if he was in a different position um, in terms of field position, you know, if he's left back, centre back, whatever, England have quite good cover there. I wouldn't be putting him forward for that, but he plays in a position where England are not strong, let's be honest with you. They're just not. And if you're putting someone like Mason Mount, I think actually Mason Mount, he looks really good. He looks decent. Um, but he's playing in the championship. 
Foden's not. He's playing. He's he's playing for for City in the the Carabao Cup, Champions League, and Premier League. And even though he's not getting as many minutes, I think for me that he's because he's playing the higher level and the higher standard. I think he deserves to get. If if Mount deserves to get a call up, then Foden definitely deserves to get a call up. And it's just because of the position. I just think you just need to get him involved in the in the squad in the team, and you'll see the difference he makes. He will be able to kind of pick out those, you know, and obviously the problem that, well, not the problem, but the interesting thing will be is that um, obviously Barkley's come back to form, which is good, but I think a kind of one man sitting, I'm um, just kind of go off on a bit of a tangent with the England thing, but I think just kind of one man sitting, whoever that is, it has to be Henderson, but if it has to be him um, or Dyer, and they, they sit in there and Foden and, and Barkley ahead of those, or kind of left and right, um, I think that works. Me, that works really well. And I'd rather have Foden on the left, Barkley on the right. Barkley is a right footer. Um, it gives, you know, Barkley the chance to kind of go out go out wide or have that kind of wider position, a bit like kind of De Bruyne can and kind of whipping a ball or play a free ball or have a shot. Um, I didn't really like the way that Safa kind of inverted his, his midfielder so they kind of come in on their on their stronger foot. But whatever, that's England. Let's not worry about England. What about City? So... Um, but yeah, just overall, I wasn't like I said, I wasn't really going to do a um, a review. I was going to kind of do a review of both the the Fulham and the Southampton match at the weekend. But I think there's quite a lot. There was just quite a lot to talk through. Quite a lot of positives, and just um, I'm just yeah, quite eager and keen to to, to talk about. It. And it just means that perhaps for for next week um, we'll do one um, we'll do one Monday um, after the, the 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 Southampton match on Sunday. So, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just. It's, uh, for me, like I said, it's just really, really positive um, result. Obviously, we go into the, the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup where we will face either Southampton or Leicester. Southampton, who we play on Sunday, or um, or Leicester. Um, and obviously, their match was p- postponed um, due to the, 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 obviously the, the recent passing away of their chairman following that helicopter accident um, just outside the King Power. So, yeah. Um, and obviously, I think we're away in that tie um, which will be interesting again because obviously we played um, uh, Leicester at a similar stage last season and went through on penalties. And again, that team was kind of like a pretty young team, I think like the matcher played and phone played, and, you know, a few other, the other kind of youngsters played that that game as well. Um, but yeah, it's interesting just how I mean, I guess he has to, but just kind of Murch has just played, um, and he's still just really, really young. But again, just doesn't look out of place and kind of like. That guy, I mean, I know Pepper famously once said about Stones that he's got big balls. Um, but I think that Murich, that goalie, he's got big balls as well because he, again, just doesn't really look up. He doesn't really have too much to do. But um, I think there's one little thing where he kind of made a mistake, but I think that's kind of expected um, at his age. Uh, so, yeah, just um, looking forward to, to Sunday. Real bummer about De Bruyne still. Still bummed out about that. But, yeah, 3 o'clock kickoff against Southampton at home. Um, I just can't see anything other than our win. Obviously, Aguero's gonna, you know, Aguero's gonna be back. Sterling's gonna be back. Bernardo Silva's gonna be back. De Bruyne is sadly not gonna be there. He is injured. He is out. Um, but I just can't see that being being a difficult match. Um, I said this in the last episode, but really nice to get one over on uh, Mark Hughes again. Obviously, this is the end of last season. The end of last season, we got the hundred points. Absolutely giving it to him. So um be good to give it to them in terms of goals as well and actually pull them apart. Like I said, and like I kind of keep saying, we're gonna absolutely smash a team one day. Um I'm saying like eight or nine without any response, pretty much. I think you know, one it could be this weekend, who knows? 
Um, if we hit our straps, um, it's you know again it's kind of this tricky time of year where the pitches are a little bit kind of I don't know frostier or you know slippier or whatever. Um, it's just generally frostier in the kind of you know atmosphere. So I don't know. I just kind of see. I just really really think that actually um, City one day are just absolutely going to smash a team. Um, and it could be Southampton this weekend. They're not on a good run of form. City are absolutely killing it at the moment. So, um, so yeah, just really, really looking forward to that match. Getting more goals, increase our, or kind of get back our, um, our quite large goal difference that we have at the top. Obviously, that's kind of cut of the weekend. So, um, so yeah, be interested. I'm going to say interesting to see what kind of team peps. So, so I think it's kind of pretty straightforward what is what its team's going to be um i just would really really like to see mendy doing um doing a job i think i'd like to have seen him um play this this week against fulham i think i mentioned that in the last episode of, um, of this podcast but will um it's, i guess kind of understandable um he's you know you want to kind of give time to zinchenko hasn't really played too much this season hasn't really done much wrong um, and like I said, Zinchenko, Zinchenko played you know pretty decent to be fair. So um, Mendy will be back in. But I just want him to have a really good performance. And actually, generally against the kind of lesser teams, he seems to do really, really well. Um, so I don't know if he's just kind of like a big flat track bully, like they say. But um, I just yeah, really think that's kind of like the one player that I want to kind of pick out. Maybe we'll review um, for the next podcast, to kind of see how how he gets on because. Yeah, Mendy, he's had an up and down season. He's still kind of like, I think, like top of the assist charts from like, like it seems like months ago now, but it's just the start of the season. Um, but yeah, last couple, you know, last few games, just not been quite there. And against Tottenham, he was, especially that first half, he was just shocking. So I'm just really looking forward to hopefully Mendy to put in a, another display. Um, but I think that's it. We'll call that it for the, for the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll bring another one out on Monday. Um, so that's Monday the 5th, Monday the 5th of November. Um, and then we'll bring out, I mean, generally that kind of, for me, that kind of works probably like a Monday and a Friday. I know that I think podcasts are kind of generally quite popular on Fridays. Um, but yeah, maybe like a Monday and a Friday, if there's kind of anything else interesting to speak about, or if it's kind of goes a bit quiet, then maybe we'll just kind of push it back to, to one a month, but just kind of keep, keep a lookout. Um, keep going back over over the podcast. Like I said, um, if you want to get in contact, please do. Um, we've got the we've got at the moment. It's just got a kind of Twitter account so you can get in contact with. But um, um, so that's at Soccer PM, which is my um, personal one. Or you can always message the kind of the main um, at Man City Voice um, handle, which is the the one for the podcast. Um, generally, all of these podcasts are actually recorded. Um, during uh doing sorry using <laughs> the um the anchor podcast app um and they actually have like um a facility on there which is quite interesting like questions and things so um yeah if you want to kind of get on board use anchor um you can uh follow us and then you can kind of like ask questions and things so that's so you know if you want to kind of you know get my opinion on on certain things then um please feel free to ask me some questions um i'll always have a kind of an, an opinion on something so um yeah um as this kind of goes on we'll do kind of like specials and we'll um definitely look back at kind of um other times i'm sure like other podcasts have done this as well um it was you know the kind of 
the glory or you know, and not so glory days of kind of when I was growing up and uh, City were generally um, yo-yoing from one division to the next. So um, we'll definitely have a look, kind of a look back at that. Um, I have plenty to say about that that area, plenty of kind of players um, that we can you know review and like look back on and either laugh at or whatever. So um, so yeah, definitely get involved. We're going to kind of carry this on. Definitely going to be at least one podcast a week, if not two, like I said, Monday, Monday or Friday. Um, so definitely get involved again. Thank you for listening. I've been Peter, your host, and I will see you next time. Thank you.